Well, what a great time of worship this morning, and I hope you're ready to get into the Word today. By the way, that's the most motivational set of announcements I've ever heard from anybody. Kent Wells does a phenomenal job. I want to do everything, everything. So I, I'm going to fill out a guest card myself today. That's what I'm going to do. If you have your Bibles, I want you to grab hold of them this morning. Turn to Luke chapter 9 today. We're in our Elevate series where Jesus has issued an amazing call to the disciples that you find at the center of the book of Luke theologically, at the center of his teaching time with his disciples and the interaction he has with the people. And in verse 23 of Luke chapter 9, Jesus says these words. He says, if any man wishes to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. And if you look at the lens of Scripture through that particular portion of it, you'll see the reality of Jesus equipping his disciples and calling them elevating them to the next level of being able to follow him. Not just in the sense of him transforming them, but also him helping them understand who he was. He answers today the great question of why would someone follow Jesus? Why would someone lay down their lives and pick up a cross on a daily basis and follow Jesus? You need to know the answer to the why would anyone do that and hear this text we're about to look at, Jesus is going to tell us how that happens. Have you ever looked at something and one look changed your whole life? I posed that question to a group of people recently and it was actually online and social media and people gave me all kinds of answers to that. Though one look for some is a time of catastrophe where they looked and saw something unfold that was catastrophic, maybe a horrific accident from the perspective of a couple of people has changed their life forever. Their, their realization of how quickly life could end changed the way they thought about life. Or the unfolding of a natural disaster, watching a tornado descend out of the sky, watching a tsunami wave come up on a beach or a volcano erupt, help people see how small they are. One look at that really gave them a reality of change in their lives. For others, it was an exposure to a third world country one person said, India. I went to India, and one look at India changed my whole world, and I, I certainly understand how that can happen. But for most, it was a look at someone. For some men in particular, they look up, and down the aisle comes their bride, the one they were about to marry, and that look changed their lives forever. Women say something like this, I held my firstborn child, or my secondborn, or thirdborn, whatever it may be, and looked at that child in one look, changed my life forever. For most of us, just looking at someone. And over these next few moments, I want you to see what changed the lives of three men, irreversibly, undebatably. One look changed them all. Would you stand with me as we read this text of Scripture? Beginning in chapter 9 and verse 27. But I say to you truthfully, Jesus is talking here, there are some of those standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. Then in verse 28, Luke picks up the account. Some eight days later after these sayings, he took along Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face became different. By the way, as we get into this account, I want you to notice that this is the calmest description of all the gospels of what happened on that mountain. Luke, the specific man, the man who who gives key words to us, downplays this incident in a sense. His face became different. 
are his words. Out of his clothing became white and gleaming. And behold, two men were talking with him, and they were Moses and Elijah. They didn't look like Moses and Elijah. They didn't say they were Moses and Elijah. They were Moses and Elijah, who appearing in glory were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions had been overcome with sleep, and when they were fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. We'll pick back the rest of that text in just a moment. Let's bow together in prayer. Father, today I want to thank you for this text and the amazing picture we're going to see this morning. And I ask you that when every person in this room leaves this place today, we will leave having seen something very different, very powerful about you, Lord, that we've never seen before. We ask this in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. Please be seated. I think there's no question that as these disciples went up on the mountain to pray with Jesus, they had no idea what they were about to see and experience. They had seen a lot of the aspects of Jesus, many parts of his characteristics and his, his uh, personality. They've seen his power. They've seen his teaching. They've seen all kinds of things. But they haven't ever seen what they're about to see. They've heard about this in the Old Testament, but they've never seen anything like what they're about to see. And really, when they walked away from this mountaintop experience, these men had been elevated to a place where they knew why they were following Jesus. They knew how they could follow Jesus. They knew what it took to carry out what Jesus was calling them to carry out. They were elevated up on that mountain to a very different realm of perspective. And you know, if your perspective about something changes in just a few moments, that's pretty powerful. That's pretty miraculous. And today, I want your perspective about Jesus Christ to be changed just as these men's perspective was changed in just a few moments. So in helping us break down this entire text, I, I have three things I want to bring to your attention as to how Jesus affected these men on that mountaintop with these words and with what they saw. First of all, I want you to see that they were empowered by his greatness. He was elevating them. He was getting them ready to do the work he was about to give them to do in the months ahead. And in verse 29, he begins to show them something they'd never seen before. And as we read the text, verse 29 has Luke the doctor giving us these very mundane terms, very calm description of what was happening on that mountaintop. And basically he says, the appearance of his face became different. Now these men had seen Jesus in a lot of different circumstances. They had seen the gentle Jesus, that meek personality. He was not overbearing. He was not odious. He was not arrogant, but humble as a servant. They'd seen the gentle Jesus. They had seen the teaching Jesus who stood up on a mountaintop and taught them the great commandment, for example, or the Beatitudes, the amazing words flowing out of his mouth. And they'd seen Jesus as a teacher. They'd seen Jesus as a miracle worker. At this point, these disciples have watched Jesus heal men and women. He, he, they've watched him multiply bread from just a few loaves and fishes to feed up to 20,000 people. They'd carried 12 basketfuls of food around as a result of Jesus' overflowing miraculous power. So they've seen the gentle Jesus. They've seen the teaching Jesus. They've seen the miracle working Jesus. They've seen the temple Jesus 
where Jesus in his righteous indignation comes in and cleans out the temple, removes all the uh, tax collectors and the, the priests and the Pharisees that are trying to make worship profitable to themselves, but they've never seen this Jesus. In fact, Luke says this in such a way that helps us understand and be even more curious. His face was different. The appearance of his face was changed. But if you do what you should do when you read the Gospels, you read not just one, but you read the other accounts. And so if we turn to the book of Matthew, Matthew describes this account by saying this, his face shone like the sun. That doesn't take us being in that culture to understand that you can look at, one, at the sun for just a few seconds and it becomes too bright for you to look at any longer. The sun then was just as the sun is now. The wisdom they had about the sun then is the same kind of wisdom we have about it now. And that is it's so brilliant, so bright, so big, so glorious that there's no way that you can continue to look at the sun same then as it is now. And so Matthew says his face shone like the sun. Mark uses another phrase. It says he was transfigured. I want to center in on that word for just a few moments. Transfigured is metamorpho, which means to transform or change one's form. It refers to a change from within. It refers to something that is inherent in the character of the one who is transforming, but they are just demonstrating, they're revealing what's inside of them. Jesus wasn't transformed from the outside at this moment. Jesus was being transfigured in the sense that he was showing who he really was. He was showing the glory that he always had, the glory that he will again receive not long from that moment, but he was showing them who he really was. The Greek tells us that God opened the disciples' eyes at that moment to his glory. The word glory is always a word that means a reflection of something else. And so Jesus was reflecting the glory of God the Father. Jesus, of course, being God in the flesh. And so he's revealing the glory that he had, that he let aside in order to come to earth, and he's showing them exactly who he is. The Greek also tells us that these disciples, for the first time, didn't just see with their eyes, but they saw and perceived it's very different to see something and not understand it, to see something and, and just get the characteristics of what it looks like physically. But these disciples, the Bible said, went farther down the road than that. Not only did they see what they saw visually and they perceived it physically, but they also understood it spiritually. They saw, they, they understood, they grasped who they were looking at in that moment because they were looking at the greatness of Jesus Christ. What happened on that mountaintop was that God peeled back the curtain and for a moment they saw the glory of Jesus and they knew at that moment that he was more than a man, more than a teacher, more than a prophet, more than a healer, more than a miracle worker, more than anything else. He alone was glorious God. That's what was happening on that mountain. Weiss, the great commentator, made this statement, out from within the inmost being of the Son of God, there's shown that dazzling glory of the essence of deity, which he possesses co-eternally with God the Father and God the Spirit. And there's so much here that it's going to take just a little while for us to unpack this, but I want you to know as those disciples stood there to look at the glory of God for those few moments, everything they knew about Scripture was coming and rushing through their minds. 
And everything they saw on that mountain became something they spoke and later on was recorded in Scripture for us. And in what they had already read and understood, and in what they saw, and in what they wrote later, we understand more about what was being revealed on that mountaintop. And I want you to see that today. First of all, I want you to see that his past was revealed. That at that moment, these disciples looked and saw this man, Jesus, transfigured. Now, they understood that Jesus was born of a virgin and believed that. They understood that Jesus came to earth at that particular moment in time. But it was a bigger stretch for them to really grasp the fact that this was not just Jesus born of a virgin, not just Jesus the Messiah, but literally that he was God made flesh. And on that mountaintop, in those moments, they came to understand that the person that said to them, take up your cross daily and follow me, was not just a great teacher or miracle worker, it was literally God. Daniel chapter 7 verse 9 were words that every one of those men would have heard at some point in their lives. Where Daniel talks about the ancient of days. You've heard that term, ancient of days. Daniel in chapter 7 verse 9 says, I kept looking until thrones were set up and the ancient of days took his seat. His vesture was white like white snow and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was ablaze with flames and his wheels were burning fire. These men who knew this text and they knew this description of the ancient of days were standing on this mountain when Jesus was gloriously transfigured and they understood in that moment, this is that God, that ancient of days. The one about whom Isaiah said that the one coming would be called the Prince of Peace. He would be called Eternal God. He would be called Almighty Father and Everlasting Father and Wonderful and Counselor. That's this one that we're looking at right here on this mountaintop. His past is revealed. And later on, when John is writing the Gospel of John, in John chapter 1, verse 1, he said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And if you jump over to verse 14, you see some glimpses of what John is seeing here on the mountaintop that he later writes about. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. Glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace, full of truth. That's what John saw on the mountain that day. His past is revealed. His present is revealed on that mountain. The fulfillment of prophecy is taking place here, and Peter recognizes this. In fact, one of my favorite texts of Peter is in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16 through verse 19. This is where Peter describes what he saw on the mountain. We've read about it in, in Luke chapter 9. So let's look at Peter's description for just a moment. He says in verse 16, for we did not follow cleverly devised tales or fables when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's describing this mountaintop experience. And he goes on and says, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. We saw him. We saw him in his fullness. For when he'd received honor and glory from God the Father, such an utterance as this was made to him by the majestic glory, 